Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog almost every day as Noni over at aslobcomesclean.com. Noni is short for anonymous. Aslobcomesclean.com is where I share my personal deslobification journey. It's the completely honest and never-ending story of me getting my own home under control. And as I figure things out, I share cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people who don't necessarily love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 35. I'm going to call it time management and schedules and such or something like that. Feels a little bit funny to talk about that. uh, But I do I have learned some things that I feel are worthy to share. And this is in response to a question that one of you sent to me. I'm so sorry, I don't have the name of who sent the question. I wish I did. So make sure that you claim it if you want to over on uh, the podcast notes themselves. And you can find the notes for podcast number 35. If you go to a slobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S, uh, just scroll down and find the link to podcast number 35. If it's not directly linked on there, you will see uh, where it says, if I get behind, just go here and you can find all my podcasts and you should be able to find it that way. Because I often am behind, I think I'm actually behind right now in getting all those linked up on there. But if you're listening to the podcast, the show notes do exist, so you can find it that way. Also, be sure that you go to a slobcomesclean.com slash connect, and there you can find my links to all of my social media channels so that we can connect socially on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Google+, all that different kinds of stuff, different places that you can connect with people online. And I am excited to say that we have over, I think over 93,000 Facebook fans now, which is just crazy to me. But my point in sharing that is to let you know that what used to be my slob secret uh, was, is actually um, something that a whole lot more people struggle with than I ever, ever imagined. And my goal is to keep uh, my blog and Facebook page and everywhere else a safe place for you to know that you're not alone and a place where we can all learn from each other. So I'm going to talk about time management. I'm going to read this question. And then I'm going to talk about a few things that I've learned over the years. And then at the end, I'm going to go back through the question and answer very specifically uh, what it is that she asks. So the question was, how do you pick extracurricular activities or events as a, in my case, stay at home mom to ensure time to keep up with cleaning? Do you limit volunteering to one day a week? It sounds like you run errands just once a week, but what about fitting in Bible studies or mom's groups or doctor's appointments? Do you try to organize those things or declutter your personal involvement so as not to overcommit as well? Because overcommitting outside the house is like another form of clutter to me, she says. I agree. Overcommitting outside the house is completely another form of clutter. I just want to say that this is a time when I feel like it makes sense for me to mention that a slob comes clean was not going to be my blog. I had no intention of writing about 
cleaning and organizing or writing about the thing that I am the worst at. Uh, The blog that I wanted to start back when blogging was this burning passion inside my soul was I wanted to call it something, and I'm sure there are other blogs now called this, but you know, something about being intentional or purposeful because that is me. I live very intentionally. I seek to make all decisions so that I won't have regret later on. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons why it boggled my mind so much that my house was a disaster. Because generally, I view myself as someone who, okay, if I'm going to put my mind to something, I'm going to get it done, I'm going to figure it out, and I'll, you know, accomplish it. And that's generally how I live. So the fact that staying home and wanting a clean house had not produced a clean house was just very frustrating to me as a mom. But I do generally make decisions um, with the goal of, you know, our family being able to function well. So extracurricular activities, you know, things where other people have ideas of how you should spend your time. Maybe it's just that I'm kind of a rebel in that way, but I nothing makes me more irritated than when someone else figures out how I should spend my time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't tell me how to spend my time. I'm going to be purposeful and I'm going to make decisions according to what's best for our family. So um, a little bit of background on that. Um, And one of the ways that I just always assumed would work perfectly, you know, my husband and I every year on our anniversary, and it gets harder and harder now because anniversaries, sometimes there's a baseball game that night or whatever, but we seek every year on our anniversary to write in a journal and he loves it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He really, he appreciates it. And he always loves to read what it was that we have said in previous years. Um, but it is something that was totally my idea and I was being purposeful about this, but on our first anniversary, I had this journal and I thought, you know what, let's write in this journal, just, we record different things. Like, um, the first thing we always do is things we've learned about each other. Well, in the first year, that was so easy to write things down, you know, cause we had gotten married and we were learning things about each other every single day. And so the list was pages long in the second year. It was still pretty easy and really fun. And then the third year and by about the fifth year, we got to where we're like, okay, we've got to come up with at least two or three things, you know, and it's not that we're not learning more things about each other every day. It's just harder to think of things because they don't just, you know, it used to be things like she only drinks one cup of coffee every morning or whatever, you know, that's all she can drink. Or she doesn't care about the Sunday paper except for the coupons and the ads, you know, little things like that. They were like, Oh, things we're learning about each other. (laughs) And now it's okay. But at the same time, that makes it kind of fun because now we think of a lot deeper things like things that we've learned about each other's character that we've learned to appreciate over the past year or um, passions that we've you know realized the other person has so it's been it's good for us to have to do that but it is harder but we one of the things that we do as we talk about goals for the next year now I am not the extreme goal setter, like some people are, but I, you know, we, it's good to have once a year where we think, okay, what are our goals for this next year? And sometimes they're silly little things like, I don't know, but one of the things that was always on our goal list there in the beginning was get on a schedule. Because when we first got married, 
we had no schedule. I mean, we did because we, we were actually both teachers together at the same school. Um, you know, so there's natural schedule that happens with that. But as far as I think what we meant was, you know, keep the house clean and, and all that, you know, get on a schedule that that's what we wanted to do. Get on a schedule. And I look back and I realize that I saw this time in my future where I was going to finally figure out a schedule and that schedule was going to work for the rest of my life. Well, over time, I've realized that's never going to happen, which is why now I look more to routines instead of schedules, because routines are the things that have to happen in the house for us to function. And then those routines adjust to whatever our schedule is, because the schedule is never the same. I remember we had our first child and it was a very difficult six weeks there at the beginning. It rocked our world completely. As somebody who's a control freak and who had researched everything about having a baby, I'd read all the books. We did the uh, put the baby on a routine so they'll sleep through the night thing. And that actually did work. But his, um, he did not know how to eat. So I had to teach this child how to eat. And no books that I'd ever read at that point had anything about a child not being able to breastfeed. I mean, this was just completely mind boggling to me. I had no idea that this was even a possibility of being a problem. Well, it was a problem and he screamed bloody murder for six straight weeks and every single feeding was taking three and four hours. And then I was on this determined, you know, schedule that I was going to do, which I did, but you know, I'd basically finish feeding him, sit there and <sighs> try to catch my breath for 15 minutes and then start the process again. You know, I mean, it was it was really a very difficult time. But I remember at six weeks, when he finally figured it out, we both figured it out. And he was able to eat and we got on the routine. Then I thought, okay, I have motherhood figured out, we have our schedule. (sighs) I can do this. And then at three months, he started teething. And this whole schedule that I'd figured out of, you know, when he was going to sleep and when he was going to be happy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it it was over basically, because at that point he was screaming because his teeth hurt. And so I just remember thinking, wait a minute, I thought I had this figured out. I thought I had parenthood figured out. Um, Little did I know that that was just the first of many times where you finally get things under control. You you have a routine that's going and then something happens because children are moving into a new phase of life, which means the whole family is moving into a new phase of life all the time. You know, you have toddlerhood and then you have school. School rocked my control world like nobody's business because suddenly I was not the one making decisions about how everything went. It was, no, he has to be at this place from this time to this time and everything else in our family has to be scheduled around that. And I'm not the one who made that decision. So it's, you know, and then you get used to school and then now I have one in junior high this year. So even though I had a great morning routine last year, now I have one who has to be there at 630 in the morning for football practice. And that has been a new thing to adjust to and, you know, having band rehearsals after school and things like that. So it just, it never stops. And I'm pretty sure it's never going to stop. Because most of the people I know who are retired 
are really, really busy. And you would think that, okay, well, once I'm retired, then I'll have a routine going, eh, you know, I'm just not going to count on it ever again, or a schedule to be the same for the rest of my life ever again. So it's the routine that has to go in with that. Okay. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Y'all know I am all about identifying what things you can do to make overwhelming tasks possible. Buying a home or selling a home can be completely overwhelming. Finding just the right realtor can make the whole process so much easier. That's why I want to tell you about Redfin. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. I know firsthand what a difference having the right real estate agent can make. We would have been lost without ours when we bought our current home and sold our old home a couple of years ago. Download the Redfin app to get started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects, so many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat. And you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. Um, So I've had to get down to the absolute basics, which I think is, and I've said this before, but that is the key thing that has made a difference in my home is figuring out what are the basics that have to be done no matter what the schedule is. Okay. Because I used to think that once I figured out how to keep my house under control, all I thought it was, was a light bulb moment. I was going to finally have a light bulb moment and my house would be under control for the rest of my life without me ever really thinking about it or planning for it or you know, and I know that sounds ridiculous now, but I really think that's kind of what my mentality was at the time, which is a big part of the problem. But here are some things that I have basically learned. Okay. For me, um, if you've listened to previous podcasts, uh, you know, my passion for the container concept. And the reason why I'm passionate about the container concept is that it's a concept that 
never occurred to me until I figured it out through practice. Okay. And that is containers are meant to contain, I am going to get to how this relates to schedules here in just a minute, but containers are meant to contain and containers are limits. And not every container is a plastic box. Shelves are containers. Okay. That means that the size of the shelf that I have in my house is the limit to how many books I can keep. If I have more books than will fit on the shelves in my house, then I need to get rid of the books that won't fit, which then makes me choose what things I most want to keep that will fit on that shelf. Now I used to think, oh, just build another shelf, but there comes a point where your home can't fit any more shelves comfortably. Okay. And generally the people who think, oh, well then I need to build another shelf like me are the people who don't keep those shelves neat and tidy in the first place. So new shelves don't get neat and tidy either. But anyway, that concept of, okay, there is a finite amount of space in my home. When I transfer that to my schedule, what that means is every day is a container. Every day has a natural limit of 24 hours. And of that amount of time for me to function, I need a certain amount of sleep, which is seven to eight hours for me. I would love to have more. I probably should have more, but I need at least seven to eight hours or you do not want to be around me. So that is the limit to the amount of time that I have. I have 24 hours and then I have to put sleep in there. I have to put taking my kids to school in there. I have to put cooking dinner in there. All these things, um, have to fit in the container of the day. Every day is a container. My week is a container. There are seven days in the week. Sundays we go to church. Wednesday nights we go to church for choir practice and kids stuff that they do. Monday through Friday, my kids go to school. So it, you know, there are things that are already taking up space in these containers of time that I have. Um, And so the only things that I can add to that have to fit within that container. Um, Because I think that I used, well, and I still do this. It's a struggle that I always have. I have so many ideas. Oh my goodness. You would not believe the number of ideas that I have. I love ideas. I love coming up with things that, oh, I could do this. I could do that. Oh, I could do this. Oh, I could do that. Well, I used to think that like, for example, When my daughter went to school, now, if you've read the blog the whole way through, you've seen the transition from the first two years, I purposely did not treat the blog as a business. Now, I always had the goal in my mind that one day it was going to be my income, but I started it just to get my house under control, to learn about blogging, to kind of go ahead and get started. Um, But I didn't treat it as a business because my daughter was home. She was not in school yet. And so... I didn't want that to take my focus away from my time with her. So I wouldn't let myself treat it as a, as a business. But you know, when my daughter went to school, I, at that point, let's see, my oldest was, he was probably 10, I think. So I was basically had been a decade of being a stay at home mom with kids with me 24 hours a day. So after 10 years, which is really kind of a long time, 10 years of kids by my side, 24 hours a day. And I know there's a lot of people who go way more than 10 years um, with that 24 hour thing. Uh, But because of that, 
I had all these ideas in my head of how much time I was going to have when I consistently had my daughter. And so I wasn't looking forward to it, but it was going to happen. And so I would look at that time and go, oh, I'm going to be able to get so much done once all my kids are in school. And so I started coming up with millions probably not millions, but maybe millions of ideas of what I was going to be able to do. And I'd be like, Oh, this would be neat to do. Oh, I can do that once my daughter's in school. Oh, this would be cool. I'll totally be able to do that. I'll have time for that when my daughter's in school. That was how my brain worked. That was my mentality that I was going to have all this time. Well, the truth was when it came down to it and I had committed to way too many things during that time, then I had to realize, oh, okay, I only have five days a week. And one of those days I would go to Bible study and other days, you know, I'm going to be up at the school volunteering. So it turns out, oh, well, I only have maybe two to three days a week and usually only about five hours of those days to actually commit to the blog being a business. Well, that comes down to 15 to 20 hours, 20 totally max hours, which is not a full-time job. That's only part-time job hours. And that was all the time that I had to commit to that. So it just, I guess my point in that is to be thinking of the actual hours that you have available to you, because that was one of those things I didn't really do the math on, but doing the math can help you be really, really realistic. Um, So things that I've had to learn are willy-nilly commitments don't work. I can't say yes to everything that comes along. Now, generally, I'm actually pretty good about saying no. I'm one of those rare people who will say "Mm, no. And sometimes people are really surprised by that. And occasionally they're actually offended by it. But um, I will tell people, no, I can't do that. Uh, But I still overcommit more than I should. Um, What but key is for me to know what are my top priorities? What are the commitments that I really, really want? Um, When my kids were preschool age, it was being at home. That was really important to me. My mom philosophy is that quantity time produces quality time. You cannot force quality time. It only happens in the midst of quantity time. That's my little philosophy there. Um, That through long periods of free play, being home in their own environment, that was when, you know, I, I would see my kids learning to be creative, to problem solve, to have conversations that impacted their worldview, all that kind of stuff. I wanted that quantity time. And so that was really important to me. Um, So I had to figure out what could we handle? Okay. When my kids were small, it did not work for us to be out of the house more than one, maybe two days a week. Okay. I had a mom's group that we would go to that was twice a month. Um, we did kids music class or gymnastics every week. So there was at one phase in our life before we lived where we live now, where we went to a music class one day a week. Okay. So it was very important to me to say that because we're out of the house anyway, that day, that's going to be our grocery shopping day. Now, those days were really, really difficult because when you have at the time, it was two small children had two kids they went to music class. We got going early in the morning and then we sometimes we, you know, eat lunch with some of our friends from music class and then we would do um, 
grocery shopping that day. And it was a really exhausting day, but it was worth it to me to schedule all of that on that day so that the other days we didn't have to leave the house. Because if you get to where you're, oh, I've got to run, do this. I've got to run, do that. Especially with kids, it always takes longer than you think it would. And by the time you get back, they're exhausted and it's just nap time. And they haven't had that, you know, quantity time, which was my number one commitment when my kids were that age. Um, I wish that I'd known then what I know about the basics about keeping a house out of chaos. I didn't at the time, but now I just try to apply it to wherever I am in life. Cause you know, there's no point in wishing for what you could have done at a different time. Um, okay. So when I had to make a doctor's appointment, I would, I, and I still do this. I always try to give a best day. Okay. So when you're standing at the doctor's Um, now obviously, you know, when it's somebody sick, then you just go and everything stops for that. But when you have to make a follow-up appointment or some kind of a routine appointment, I always say Tuesdays are best for me after 10, because otherwise they're just going to start looking and randomly pick a time. But if I can tell them, Hey, this is the best day of the week for me. And I just pick a day. This is a day that generally works for me because I know that whatever my weekly cleaning task is, which I have another podcast about weekly cleaning tasks, but whatever my weekly cleaning task is on that day, I know that if I don't have to leave the house until 930 or 10, then I know that I'm probably going to have time to get that done. Okay. So just having a day set in my mind that when I have to make an appointment, I'm going to ask him, can I do it on a Tuesday? Can I do it on this day? You know, for me right now with my mother-in-law, I help her one day a week. Uh, and whenever she's making appointments, I always ask, you know, if we're at the doctor's and we have to make another appointment, I say, can we make it on a Wednesday? Those are the best days. And usually doctor's offices will find you a Wednesday that way or find you whatever day it is that you need it to be. Uh, but when, you know, you have to give them some kind of guidance. So yes, I do choose a day that that's when I ask. Now those are in addition to the other things that I always have going on usually, Um, but it still helps to have, you know, one day where I know I'm going to ask that other things I would do is, you know, when I had a mom's group that was really important to me, and this is just a little thing of my little thing, but I would always say, I can't do Thursdays when I was making doctor's appointments because, you know, that was really important to me. And I I wanted to make that a priority because I'm a social person and I really needed that at that time in my life where I would find a lot of people would come a few times and then, oh, well, I had a doctor's appointment on this day. And oh, well, I had this happen on this day. And I thought, well, I always try to make sure that this is my number one priority. So I say, well, I can't do Thursdays because I don't want to have to miss that. Just a little random thing there. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. But this does, this has caused me to have to make some really difficult choices. Uh, I remember the, when we moved here, there wasn't a music class, but I put my kids in gymnastics, like a little daytime morning class. And that would be the day that we would go grocery shopping. And at that point I had three kids. Let me tell you, I did not save a dime of money that year because by the time we went grocery shopping, I was just completely, I don't know, I was just grabbing things off the shelf and throwing it in the cart. And it was a rough, rough year. But at the same time, doing that meant I didn't have to go out another day and spend another day grocery shopping, which as you know, with three kids can turn into what feels like an entire day if you do that. Um, but I did have to make hard choices. I remember the year that my, it was the year before my second child went to school. So it was actually the year before I started the blog. Uh, we started going to a Bible study, uh, which I highly recommend. They have them everywhere. They're called Bible Study Fellowship. If you go to BSF, bsfinternational.org, you can find one near you. And they're about to start really soon, which I highly recommend them, like I said. But I would go to, uh, I started this Bible study. And I had started it partly because, you know, I'd never put my kids in preschool. And my middle child who was going to start the next year, you know, he was already five. And I thought, you know, it might be good for him to have something kind of structured. And so we started going to this Bible study and I loved it. I mean, I thought I was just going for my kids. Turned out it was for me. I mean, I loved, passionately loved this Bible study, but we were doing that on Wednesday. And then we were still trying to continue doing gymnastics on Tuesday. And what happens is when you have two day for me personally, okay, that was just more than I can personally handle, which is what it's all about. People need to know what they can handle for me to be definitely out of the house on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then there's always something that comes up another day of the week. And all of a sudden, if, you know, we had our mom's group that met twice a month. And at this point I was leading it, I was in charge, you know, on the weeks where we had gymnastics on Tuesday and Wednesday was Bible study, and then Thursday was mom's group, and then some other random thing would come up like a doctor's appointment. Suddenly, we were out of the house almost every single day of the week, and it just got to be too much. So I had to make that choice and say, we're going to stop gymnastics. Now, it helped that it had a new teacher who was not really great, and so I wasn't that upset about stopping gymnastics at that point. But um, but I also learned later, you know, when my daughter went to school, and I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have all the time in the world. At that point, I committed to being a leader for the Bible study for BSF, which involved two days out of the house each week because the leaders went on Tuesday and then the Bible study was on Wednesday. And I learned the hard way with that, that, you know what? I have too many other things I had to do, such as turning my blog into a business. I had too many other things going on to be able to be committed to being out of the house two days a week. Now I stuck with it for that year. It was a totally miserable year, but, um, I learned from that experience, which then meant that last year when my mother-in-law, uh, got to be in very poor health and I agreed and committed to going up and helping her one day a week, um, then, 
uh, I knew that I, I couldn't do that and the Bible study because at that point I knew that my container of a week was already full enough and I could only spare one day to be out of the house. And so that's when I, you know, stopped doing the Bible study, which killed me. But I also know that that's all that I can handle. Um, And another thing too, with that, you know, having that this is my day, just really helps when other people have things they need from you. For my mother in law, I will say, you know, I come on Wednesdays. So if you have something that you need done, plan for it on a Wednesday, because that's when I'm going to be there. And that gives her the assurance that she's going to have help every single week. But it also means that she knows that if she needs something or if she needs to schedule something, she needs to schedule it on a Wednesday that I'm not available to come up Monday and Friday. Now it's different right now because she's in ICU at the hospital. But, um, but you know, in general, when you're doing that kind of a routine to just have a set day where you say, this is the day, then that helps other people who have to kind of plan around you for them to know when to schedule things so that them scheduling something that involves you doesn't end up, you know, throwing your entire schedule out of whack. So, uh, Okay, so putting cleaning on the schedule. This is kind of one of those, you know, things that, like I said, I always thought it would be a light light bulb moment that at some point suddenly I would understand how to keep my house clean. And I never really, you know, acknowledged that that needed to go in the schedule somewhere. But anyway, uh, schedule changes, routine works its way into the schedule changes. Um, So working on my my advice for that. And if you've read 28 days to hope for your home, which I highly recommend, it's an ebook, I'll link to it in the show notes for this podcast number 35. Um, you know, my the thing for me is that I have time passage awareness disorder, which is something I've completely made up. But what that means is I don't understand how long something's actually going to take. Now here, I know it's not just me because my best friend is completely very organized, extremely organized, but I laugh and laugh and laugh. We still laugh. And she told me I could tell this story, but we laugh about when she was in college, she took a home ec class and on the test, I mean, she's a very smart person and she's really very organized, but on the test, the first thing, something that she was supposed to do or on a project, maybe, I don't know, they were supposed to put how much time it was going to take to do all these different tasks of making a cake or something like that. So the first thing on the list was put on your apron and turn on the light. And she put 10 minutes, (laughs) which makes me laugh, 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 laugh. But at the same time, I think that's how my brain works. I think that, oh, well, such and such, I bet you that takes, oh, I bet you that takes me 30 minutes. Well, I don't have 30 minutes right now. Well, only through doing habits and creating habits, not waiting until I had it all figured out, but just going ahead. And if you've heard my story in the first podcast, you know, washing the dishes every single day, only through doing it consistently over and over, did I finally grasp the actual amount of time that things take and how things should work into my day. Okay. And the point there is that everything takes some time, but a lot of things don't take as much time as I once thought that they would. Okay. So one piece of advice is to go ahead and time yourself. You know, if you're going to clean bathrooms, set the timer, go about cleaning the bathrooms. And so that you can have a realistic idea of this is how long it takes so that you can know, okay, well, if I'm going to do 
bathroom cleaning on Tuesdays, which is what I personally do with my weekly house cleaning tasks. If I'm going to do bathroom cleaning on Tuesdays, then I know that even on a busy day, I can be done before 10 o'clock because it takes me an hour and 15 minutes. I'm just making these times up to clean the bathrooms in my house. So that means that if I'm going to run errands on Tuesday, I need to schedule it for after 10 o'clock or whatever. So timing yourself, timing yourself, emptying the dishwasher. That's been huge for me is realizing, oh, okay. Emptying the dishwasher takes like three to four minutes. And then if it's empty in the morning, it takes seconds, which don't even hardly factor into my day to put everything in it throughout the day. And so that took no time. And then in the evening, it takes maybe five minutes because it's pretty much already loaded. There's not piles everywhere of things to get those last few things in and get it started. And so the time decreases as it becomes a habit and you're only doing one day's worth of some kind of a task as opposed to five days worth of that same task. Um, Realistically knowing how long something's going to take you to actually do. So don't don't time it the first time that you, if you haven't cleaned bathrooms in a year, don't time yourself that day. Clean the bathrooms, clean them next week, clean them again the next week, and time it on that third week so that you can get a realistic idea of if I will clean consistently, this is how long it's going to take. Okay. Um, for me personally, I empty the dishwasher while my kids eat breakfast. That just, it's kind of one of those things that they go together or one of the, yeah, one of those things that go together. Um, some people race the coffee maker. They, you know, try to empty their dishwasher in the time that it takes for the coffee to, to brew. Uh, weekly cleaning tasks are really key for me too here because I put them on the days where they work. Okay. So laundry can only be Mondays as long as I don't have some set commitment on Mondays. You know, I don't do a set weekly cleaning task on Wednesdays because that's the day I go help my mother-in-law and I try to my, run my errands on those days. Um, so I give, you know, I, I try to make that work. The other thing that happens there is if they're weekly cleaning tasks, that's just something that triggers my brain to kind of combat the time passage awareness disorder that I have. But it triggers in me, oh, it's Tuesday. It's time to clean bathrooms. Well, sometimes I have a doctor's appointment on Tuesday and I don't get to clean bathrooms that week. But The next week, Tuesday happens again, which triggers in my brain that, oh, the bathrooms need to be cleaned. And it kind of keeps me from just going on forever with this, you know, kind of nagging feeling in my brain that shouldn't I be cleaning bathrooms? You know, it's like, oh, it's Tuesday. Yes, it's time to clean bathrooms. And oh, my goodness, that's right. I had a doctor's appointment last week. And oh, oh, I had, you know, something at the school the week before. So it's been three weeks. Oh, my goodness. You know, so it, it helps to trigger that in my brain to get that done. Um, Okay, so I'm going to I'm about out of time or I am out of time here, but I'm going to answer the question specifically that she asked. So she said, do you limit volunteering to one day a week? I say yes. Um, or time periods. I will, you know, it depends on, I'm not volunteering every single week at my kid's school. Now I generally, uh, commit to helping for certain, you know, they have two week periods for, you know, two different schools that my kids are at where they need help every single day for uh, getting ready for a fundraiser. So I, I volunteer for those two weeks or, you know, for a certain event. But when I was doing that, I would say I am available Tuesday afternoons. Okay. You know, Tuesday from noon until when school's out or whatever. That was one way that, uh, you know, I, I tried to work that in is be being very careful before I said yes. Um, 
how do you pick extracurriculars, activities, or events uh, as a stay-at-home mom to ensure time to keep up with cleaning? Okay, this one, think very carefully before saying yes. Acknowledge, you know, that each new activity will bring a need for routine adjustment. I think that's something I had to kind of accept that every time I'm going to commit to something, that means I'm going to have to adjust my routine and trying to figure out, will I be able to adjust my routine or do I need to say no to this? Um, For you know, as your kids go through new stages, maybe they start playing sports, things like that. Uh, just accepting that, okay, this is going to change how our routine works. So how am I going to adjust the routine? And knowing that, you know, it, it's worth it. I, th- I think one of the things that makes me sad is when a kid doesn't get to do something. Now our kids don't, they don't get to do everything. You know, we're not playing any sports this fall, except for the one who's in junior high, who's playing football. Um, but we've done that the last several years. We've specifically not done sports in the fall to give our family a break, you know, and that has helped us. But, uh, you know, when you do have to adjust sometimes, you know, it's kind of a, I'm sorry, you've always, maybe we've always had dinner at 530, which we don't, but maybe we always had dinner at 530, but that's not a possibility anymore. Once the child has gymnastics from five to six, we're going to have to adjust to that. And how's that going to work for us? I know that on Tuesdays, I need to do something in the crock pot because my daughter has gymnastics from six to seven. And we need to be able to eat right when we get home. Otherwise, we'll be eating it, you know, way too late, which is already late to eat at seven for us. But um, let's see, sounds like you run errands just once a week. But what about fitting in Bible studies or mom's groups or doctor's appointments? Okay. So on this, just to you know, answer that clearly. I combine errands with Bible study. Right now I combine errands with the day that I go and help my mother-in-law. I try not to leave the house for only one thing. I'm very big on multitasking. And I also know that I can't do everything. Um, I set a day to ask every time I have to set a doctor's appointment, I will specifically ask for a certain day of the week, like Tuesday. Uh, if that's a day I know when I can do my weekly task before 10 o'clock. And sometimes that's not going to happen, but at least I know the next week we'll have another Tuesday. (laughs) So do you organize those things or declutter your personal involvement so as not to overcommit as well? Because overcommitting outside the house is like another form of clutter to me. Yes, I say no a lot more than most people for sure. And it's okay to say no. Um, because when you say no to things that you're eh, about, then you're actually going to have the time when something comes along that you really do want to do, or that really will be great for your family or for your children. Okay. I'm going to end it there. It's kind of a longer podcast. If you're still listening, um, I would love it. If you went to iTunes and left a review, I'd appreciate that. Again, I would love for you to send in your questions or your ideas for future podcasts to a slob comes clean at gmail.com. Uh, Don't forget to go to aslobcomesclean.com slash connect to find me on all my social media channels, including YouTube, where I am trying to put up videos more consistently again this year. Uh, I have a decluttering webisode that I just put up and um, some other ones that I've done in the last several weeks. And go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts and look for podcast number 35 to find the show notes for this. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. Bye.